Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, it girls. I hope you all are doing amazing. Welcome to Faithfully Feminine Podcast, where I, your host, Imani Bailey, shares all things faith, all things feminine, and practical ways to transform yourself through navigating womanhood while sharing lessons God has taught me along the way. Sit back, relax, and let's get into some things. Hello, 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 my favorite people in the world. I hope you are doing amazing. I'm so excited to introduce season three of the podcast. I'm honored, grateful, blessed to have you all here. And let's get into some updates before we jump right into the 10 basic rules you should want to learn and know to bring blessings into your life. And this is for basic etiquette. Just a couple of things I want to shout out is that if you are not a part of the community on the website, please go and sign up. You will find that information linked down below. Once you sign up, you do get a free gift from me. So I'm never going to ask you to do something without giving you something in return because we're friends here, right? Outside of that, I redid the website and let me know what you think about it. Leave comments. There are going to be blog posts on the website every Monday and Wednesday. The new podcast schedule is actually going to be different. A new podcast will drop every Monday, and then YouTube video will drop every Wednesday. So you get me twice a week with a blog post, Monday and Wednesday, a YouTube video on Wednesday, and a podcast episode on Monday. Y'all don't make me regret it. Send the podcast out to your friends, family members, coworkers, and whomever, and subscribe to the blog. Now, everything is under my niche umbrella of personal development, femininity, and faithful life-based content so i'm so excited to what the future may hold in our 2024 so cheers to the girls weekend (laughs) even though it's literally monday this is coming to you late because i thought i pressed news on my alarm and i didn't and so instead of waking up at 6 a.m in the morning i woke up at 10 craziness we're not off to a good start but we're alive and well and i'm happy to be here get some paper pen your journal your digital journal or really your cell phone notes and let's get into some things actually i would like to note before i tell y'all number one is that depending on where you are at in the world and the social norms of that country, etiquette and social norms will change these rules, some of these rules. Now, the basic rule of etiquette is really the golden rule that we all were taught when we were little, and that is to treat others how you would like to be treated. That's literally the golden rule in life. And honestly and truly, I can see that. Now, let's get into number one. Always say please and thank you. And as easy as number one sounds, I've ran into a lot of adults, especially up here now that I've moved away from the South, who do not prioritize etiquette and saying things like please and thank you. It is no surprise whenever you receive something from someone, because as a woman, you were not only made to receive, and not only if you want to work on housing and honing in on your feminine energy, but even if you just want to seem like a good human being. Whenever you receive something from somebody, it is not yours to have. They did not have to give it to you. You are not owed anything. And so you want to always make sure that you are showing gratitude to whomever by saying thank you. Just like when the Lord blesses you and you say thank you and you worship him, you are showing gratitude for the things that you've received. 
Outside of that, always say please. If you are asking for someone to do so, to even grab you a pencil or the remote off the table, always nicely say, can you hand me this please? And as soon as they give it to you, say thank you. That is like number one. It's free. It costs nothing. Actually, all of these rules are free 99. So there should be no excuse as to why you cannot implement them in your life. (laughs) Number two is to mind your conversations, especially as a woman. When you are out getting to know men on dates, there will be men who want to say and they probably will say very inappropriate things to you. That does not mean you have to engage into those conversations. You can kindly say, I don't want to talk about this right now, or I don't think this is appropriate, or really you can just shift the conversation. Outside of that, even if you are getting to know someone that is not a romantic partnership or just talking with friends, if you are in a public place or around children, make sure you are talking like appropriately about appropriate things that you wouldn't want your don't say anything in conversations very loudly to people you just met or around children that you wouldn't want your grandmother to hear that you wouldn't want Jesus Christ himself if Jesus came right back down and stood in your friend group would you want Jesus to hear that girl if you wouldn't want him to hear it nor a child to hear it I don't think you should be talking about it not only do you need to mind the topics of your conversations You also need to mind the volume of, or the volume at what you're speaking. I should not hear overly loud. It's one thing to be excited or joyful, but to be overly covertly loud in spaces where you're not really supposed to be loud, spaces like libraries or schools, classrooms, and even just regular dining settings If that's not a place like a concert or somewhere that you are supposed to be loud, make sure you're minding your volume. Some people naturally do speak louder than others. I am one of them. I've had to practice being more quiet when I speak. And even then, sometimes, especially when I'm filming content, um, my voice can go up a notch. (laughs) Shout out to the person who tried to shade me on TikTok and was like, oh, wow, you've changed your voice and everything. And I'm like, no, I didn't necessarily change my voice. It's just that I was way more loud on like YouTube, specifically because most of the time I didn't even have a microphone. (laughs) And then once I switched to TikTok, I was talking into my phone. So I was able to talk like this and to be a lot more quiet because I understand that you all are right next to my mouth. But you just want to make sure that other people cannot hear your conversations And in this day and age where they're packing people into restaurants like sardines, these tables are very close, okay? I mean, very close. You want to be careful with doing that. One, you don't want people in your business. And two, you want to be polite and courteous of other people having lunch or dinner. The next rule is to properly greet anyone. Properly greet people. You want to work on your greetings, Greetings here in the U.S. will be different from around the world, but it's customary to shake someone's hand when you greet them, um, unless you like know them or it's like a family member introducing you to another family member. If you're in the South, they may hug you. People say, oh, I'm a hugger, and they'll try to come up and hug you, right? But typically in a business setting, it's customary to shake someone's hands. And with the plight of COVID, that has changed, but I'm noticing now in 2024 that people are going back to shaking one's hand. So just keep that in mind if you're ever traveling to the U.S. or you live in the U.S. 
outside of that, whenever you are shaking someone's hand, you want to make sure that you're looking them in the eye and that you're giving them a nice firm handshake. Don't squeeze their hand too much or don't be too loosey-goosey. There's a happy medium, especially if you're shaking a hand of like a young adult. You don't want to hurt anybody by showing I can have a strong handshake. (laughs) Now, outside of doing the United States handshake or the Barcelona one-cheek kiss or the Spain one-cheek kiss or the France double-cheek kiss, you should know that whenever you are invited or you go to an event or you go anywhere, that the celebrant is greeted first if this is a celebration for someone. If it is not a celebration for someone, you are to greet whoever is elderly. So someone's mother, someone's grandmother, you are to make sure that you greet them first and then you can make your rounds accordingly. The oldest, the eldest in the room should always be acknowledged first, especially if you go somewhere and someone's like grandmother or great grandmother is, um, is there. Always greet them first and greet them warmly. Rule number four is to dress appropriately. This can be in many forms, and I've talked about this before on the podcast, but making sure that you're dressed appropriately is number one. If you are going somewhere that has a dress code, it's pretty easy. Follow the dress code. I'm saying it's easy, but it's typically not because people don't do it. But (laughs) make sure that you're following the dress code. It is not your duty to reach out to the person and ask, well, can I wear this instead? If you have an issue with what's on the dress code for the invitation, what's on the invitation for the dress code, then maybe this is your turn to just sit this one out. Outside of making sure you're dressing within the dress code, always make sure that your clothes fit to the best of your abilities. I know our weight fluctuates and as women, we have different seasons with our bodies that makes sense. And because we have different seasons with our bodies, a tip that I'd like to offer you is to always have a pair of jeans that is one a pair just like one pair or a pair of pants that is too big and one that are too small. And then that way you lose some weight throwing your too small jeans. You gain some weight throwing your big <laughs> your too big jeans. Always have clothes that are like different sizes and I feel like as we shop at different places it's going to kind of happen anyway. But you want to make sure that you have something, you have a little wiggle room because our bodies do change and fluctuate throughout the month. Now, after you find clothes that fit you and we had did some things at the beginning, 10 years to do, 10 things to do before the new year. If you have not done them already, I highly suggest you go back and read that blog. It will be linked down below. It doesn't matter if it's January or February or whatever month you're listening to this. You can always do those 10 things on that list. Now that you've done that and making sure that you're dressing appropriately, there is an old rule of thumb when it comes to properly dressing since this, I can do a whole podcast on just dressing appropriately. You want to mind your skin, meaning if you are showing a lot of arms, shoulders, maybe cover it up on the legs. If you're showing legs, maybe cover up on the arms. If you're showing chest, don't do too many legs. If you're showing body as if like it's like a skin tight suit or it's like a stretchy outfit, then maybe you don't need to show arms and legs and body. So just make sure that you're picking one thing and you're sticking to whatever that one thing you want to show because sometimes it will get to the verge of like club wear. If I'm showing arms and shoulders and then boot like cleavage at the same time, then body with the skin tight whatever dress or whatever, 
and then it's like a, a mini skirt on top of that. It, it's just too much. <laughs> it's just too much. <laughs> Pick one and stick to it. <laughs> that is my rule of thumb. And always make sure you're dressed appropriately for wherever you are going. So if you're going to a wedding, of course, don't wear white. If you're going to a funeral, don't wear white as well. Wear black. So stuff like that. They're just social norms that no matter where you live, people kind of follow and gravitate towards. And I also am aware that different women have different styles. And as you age and maybe move to different places, your style may change. And that is okay too. But the rule of thumb will always follow. Mind your skin. (laughs) Next, we're going to get into the fifth rule. And this is actually one of my favorite rules. Basic dining knowledge. Now, I think I'm going to do a whole dining blog or TikTok just because dining is easier when it is visual. So make sure you all are following me on TikTok and you are visiting the blog Monday through Wednesday and signing up for that. But we're just going to go over very briefly basic dining knowledge. There are probably, I'm just going to put in bigger buckets, three restaurants you are going to attend or probably have already attended in your life. These restaurants are casual dining restaurants, semi-formal dining restaurants, and then you have fine dining restaurants. Now, when it comes to casual dining restaurants, I want you to think of like places that have maybe plastic cups. Your silverware is typically wrapped in a paper napkin or it's not wrapped at all. Um, these restaurants don't have tablecloths. They don't have wine glasses already set on the table. They might not even sell wine, um, to their guests. So you want to think about things like, I don't know, like a Chili's or like an Applebee's or I don't, is O'Charlie still around? Um, places like that. It's not fast food, but it's, it's just very casual dining. Then outside of that, you want to kind of think of your like semi-formal, semi-fine dining restaurants. This can be something like a Del Frisco's Grill. Um, They may or may not have tablecloths. They typically have a wine glass on the table along with a water glass. You typically will have a butter knife and a smaller plate in front of your 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 actual eating plate. And you may have a salad fork at those restaurants. When you are going to a fine dining restaurant, these are the restaurants that are going to have the most for your table setting. I mean, butter knife, bread plates, regular plates, salad fork. They even will have forks and stuff for seafood. You're typically having nine, seven course, maybe five course meals there. And the more formal you're going with the restaurant, the more time people typically spend there because the amount of courses they are having. They also are usually going to have white tablecloths. And when they do have lunch or dinner, they're going to switch over their napkins so that the napkin color, like the white, does not get on a lot of businessmen and businesswomen's clothes. Rule of thumb, if you have a hard time distinguishing against these restaurants, really the middle one is just like, okay, Middle one has a wine glass on the table and they typically don't have tablecloth. But the more stuff you see in your place setting, the more formal the restaurant. So after the basic restaurant knowledge, the basic dining etiquette will include things like do not put your elbows on the table when you are eating. Do not put your napkin in like your shirt. You know how people put 
their napkins and their shirt by their collar area, do not do that. Unless you're going to like a seafood super casual restaurant, they put like the crab legs in the in the bag and then just hand it to you in a tin. That type of restaurant, yes, because everyone does that there. But even that, I wouldn't even do that. But I don't eat crab legs, so to each their own. Um, make sure that when you are taking your silverware out of your napkin, you are placing your napkin in your lap and not on that collar area I was just talking about. You also do not want to blow your food if it is too hot. Simply wait for it to cool down. This gives you an opportunity to talk to your guest as well, especially if you are out on a date. If you have an order something that is required for you to cut it, do not cut the meat in like 10 different pieces so that you no longer have to cut it. Cut it one by one. Again, this gives you time to talk to your date. You know, some ladies are like, I don't like going to a restaurant date because I don't want to eat in front of men. And what if this, this gives you time to talk. So slowly cut your meat. If you get like a steak, for an example, cut one piece of your steak and then eat it and then cut another one and then eat it. If you're getting pasta, do not cut the noodles up. (laughs) You have to twirl the pasta and eat it. Do not cut the noodles up like back in the day when we were children. That's different. (laughs) Um, And then also, if you're getting salad, the only salad that you should be cutting is a wedged salad because that comes out with the iceberg lettuce head. Like, I think it's typically half of an iceberg lettuce head unless you're at a restaurant that in America is just going to give you a whole bit. I think in Europe, they actually might give you a fourth of the lettuce head. But anyway, that is the only salad that requires you to cut all of it at the table. As you are eating, make sure that you're not chewing with your mouth open. Always chew with your mouth closed. Do not talk while you are chewing your food. (laughs) Make sure that you chew your food, you swallow your food, maybe take a sip of water, and then you begin talking. You don't want to accidentally spit something out on someone or on their lap because that is just very, like, it's disgusting. You wouldn't want it to happen to you either. Make sure that you're just taking your time when you eat. Eating and dining out should be an experience. You're feeling your body with what God provided on this earth, but like it should be experience. Even if you are at Chili's, that is still an When you are looking at the menu and about to order, make sure that you're holding the menu kind of either closely to you or backed up against the table, if that makes sense. So the back of the menu could slightly touch the edge of the table while you're looking at it you don't want to put the menu all the way down in your lap and hang your head while looking at it you don't want to put it all the way up and cover your whole entire face especially if you're on a date looking at a restaurant menu is time for great conversation because you all can decide like who's eating what maybe share dishes decide on an appetizer together and talk about things that you may like or dislike and get to know whoever you're at the table with. Outside of that, there's way more dining knowledge, but again, this is all basic stuff. So we're moving on to number six, and this is hosting basics whenever you are hosting an event. When hosting an event, it is customary to send invitations two weeks in advance for birthdays and even regular celebrations. But for milestone celebrations like weddings and showers or celebrations for like a huge birthday, like a 50th birthday or 60th or 90, and when your guests are traveling, it's typically customary to send invitations six to 12 weeks in advance and sometimes even longer if you all are doing like a destination trip, of course. 
Now the actual wedding, yes, your invitation should be sent way in advance, like months. But for an event, six to 12 weeks is okay, depending on where your guest is traveling from. After you send invitations to your guests, whether digital invitations or physical invitations, you are to follow up with them and remind them. You can do one reminder or two reminder, depending on how long you're sending the, um, the invitations out in advance. Collect information on dietary restrictions and allergies whenever you are hosting an event that is going to have food. You want to make sure that you're not liable for almost killing someone and just to be courteous to everyone's dietary restrictions. Um, and I think my rule of thumb here is that you should always have like a vegetarian option slash vegan option. So that option could be vegan, vegetarians can eat it too. So vegetarian slash vegan option, a red meat option or, and then a chicken option, um, or seafood option. So you have seafood option, um, poultry option, red meat if you want to, and then vegan and vegetarian. That way you're kind of covering the whole, the whole basics there. Also, if you're doing an event, typically in America, a lot of people are allergic to nuts. So it's customary. Usually you could just make sure that nothing has nuts in it <laughs> because we, a lot, there's a lot of nut allergies. So just to be on the safe side, I would say make stuff that doesn't have nuts, make sure it doesn't have nuts in it. And if it does, make sure that you're doing your due diligence. Um, whenever you are hosting an event that is serving alcohol, there should be food. You don't want to have an event where it's just alcohol and no food. It doesn't have to be an entire meal per se, but your guests need something to eat if they are going to be drinking. Whenever you are hosting an event, make sure the event description is provided for, typically with the inv invitation or somewhere on the screen or however you send the invitation in the email. If it's a digital invitation, make sure that there's a description of what type of event it is and that if you have any dress codes that you want people to follow, make sure it is in the invitation. Um, outside of that, make sure that the address is proper. You don't want to send out something and it does not have the proper address on it. That's going to be literally horrible. Um, so please reread your invitations and make sure that everything on there looks right. You are to make sure your guests are also entertained. You don't want to host an event and only talk to your best friend at the event. That is very rude. If you are the event host, you are typically floating around the party and talking to everyone at your party. Converse with all who are invited, plus ones as well. Moving on, another part of etiquette is to practice your communication skills. Again, I can do a whole podcast on just communication, and which maybe one day I will. <laughs> but practice your communi communication skills by working on your both intrapersonal communication skills and interpersonal communication skills. And I did link some articles in the blog post to where you can read all about both inter and intra communication skills. The ability to offic um, officially communicate with others will help you with business. I've talked about this before. Relationships, family, communication is a lost art in this era, I feel like. And in order to be successful in relatively any area of life, communication is needed. Um, and then for my people who 
do American Sign Language. And even if you do not do American Sign Language, maybe learning American Sign Language so that you can communicate with others effectively or maybe learn a different language. And this is going back to the list of 10 things to do before the new year. You can earn, you could look, literally, start learning a new language to help with communication or American Sign Language. Um, and then number eight is being a plus one. I had to put this one down because I feel like plus one etiquette, like I don't know, maybe the girlies don't talk about it, <laughs> but what to do if you are a plus one? Understand that you are a plus one. You were not invited to the to the gathering. You are a plus one. You did not get an initial invitation, which means you are a plus one, and that is okay. But as a guest, you have the responsibility to be mannerable and follow unspoken rules. As a plus one, you are not to ask the host or the hostess, if you can bring another guest, you are the plus one. You do not have the ability to ask that. You are. You should be happy that your person, whoever invited you, invited you to be a plus one. You are to show up on time um, or show up with the person who invited you to be a plus one. If y'all are meeting each other there, that's fine, but make sure you are on time. It's very rude to be late in the first place, but it's even more rude to be late and you're not even invited to the event. Um, most importantly, with the person who got the original invitation. And as a plus one, it is also not your place to not greet the celebrant or the host. Always greet the celebrant or the host if you are the plus one, even if you do not know them. That is very rude to go to someone's house or someone's event without greeting them. I talked about this earlier in the episode about greeting guests. And also follow the dress code. If it's in someone's house, you want to make sure that you're remaining where all of the guests are remaining. This is for anyone not plus one or invited. Um, yes, remain where all the guests are. Do not venture off to someone's bedroom or walk through their house unless it's a housewarming and they're doing their tour. Then that is your time where you get to tour the house. Other than that, even if you are at a housewarming and they didn't ask for a tour, um, do not just give yourself a tour of someone's house. <laughs> that is very rude. But usually when someone does a housewarming, it's customary to allow your guests to tour your house because that's the purpose of the housewarming. But in the event that they don't do that, please do not give yourself a tour in someone's place. Number nine is tipping. Always make sure you are tipping service workers. It's customary in the, t in the U.S. to tip at least 18%. And with new inflation rates, I've noticed that a lot of restaurants have added in different percentages for different reasons and the cost of COVID. That's a whole other conversation for another day. But it's typically customary they are tipping 18%, especially if you're eating at restaurants. Now, lately, I will say that the United States is trying to make a great area, and I'm I'm on to y'all. I call on to y'all, girlies. <laughs> I call on to you, sis. If you go to Starbucks and you see the tip thing come up, it is okay if you do not tip the barista. It's great to tip the barista. And if you have a wonderful experience, do so. But do not feel bad if you go to Starbucks and you did not tip the barista. Those baristas are getting paid minimum wage. And however you feel about minimum wage in America, there's a difference between minimum wage and workers who are waiters and waitresses who do not get paid minimum wage because they work for their tips. When I was a, um, a waitress and a bartender, I did this for about four years, my hourly rate was $2.15 an hour. That's how much typically 
waitresses and bartenders get paid in the U.S. $2.15 an hour. And honestly, it's like zero an hour because the government takes a $2.15. You are literally working just for tips. Now, the barista at Starbucks has an hourly salary, uh, like an hourly rate salary. That's not $2, so it's okay. I've noticed a lot of places are putting out tip things for employees who do not work on tips. They are hourly employees. So do not feel bad. I know I had a friend who, she was like, I've stopped going places because I went to, I forgot where she went to. She went to like, what was it like, almost like a Chick-fil-A. It's a place here, almost like a Chick-fil-A. And she's like, I'm having to pay and tip them. And I'm like, girl, you do not have to tip them. Chick-fil-A employees are get, they're getting paid. <laughs> so yes, it's okay. You can tip them. But if you are at a restaurant, that is when you are tipping at least 18%. Whenever you get your hair done, your nails done, your lashes done, come on now. We're women. We have maintenance. You are to tip them. Now, it doesn't have to be 18%, especially when you're getting your hair done. You're typically paying them like cash anyway. They're not even paying their taxes. But we ain't, I'm not even going to do it. I'm not going to do it. When you got to give old girl with the grass wall cash, you could just give her five extra dollars, 10 extra dollars. Like it's already a tip that I'm not telling the IRS that you're not paying your taxes. <laughs> that was not nice, but give them like five, $10. You don't have to give them 18 to 20% because they're already charging like two, three, five, six, seven, $800. Um, yeah. One rule of thumb with tipping is make sure you are always tipping. I cannot tell you a time where I have not tipped someone. Even if I received a bad service, I gave them at least 10%. I've always tipped someone. Now, when it comes to hairstylists, um, no. If I've had horrible service, I paid them what they got, like what their price was, and I left. Um, but I've only had horrible service with hairstylists who did not work in a salon. So... I know they wasn't paying their taxes like that anyway, so it's just like, okay. Because in a salon, typically, like, there's standards that need to be kept. And the last but not least is keeping your word. Honoring your word is very important. And it, I don't know why Morocco's barking. And it may cost something, but it may cost nothing. But make sure that you're speaking with purpose and you're honoring your word. We own nothing in this life but our word. Remember that. Go with grace and I'll see you in the next episode. Like, follow, subscribe, and go visit the website for more.